Welcome to the 180 Podcast. You are listening to a teaching of the 180, a new church committed to learning to love Jesus and love like Jesus. Our prayer is that God would use this teaching to help you grow closer to Him and that you would feel moved to join us in person, where you can grow in community with the larger 180 family. Bienvenue à la balado-diffusion de l'Église 180. Vous écoutez un enseignement de l'Église 180, une nouvelle Église qui s'est engagée à apprendre à aimer Jésus et à aimer comme Jésus. Notre prière est que Dieu utilisera cet enseignement afin de vous aider à vous rapprocher de Lui et que cela vous donne envie de vous joindre à nous en personne où vous pourrez vous épanouir au sein de la communauté qu'est la grande famille de l'Église 180. Happy New Year, and just share how grateful we are that you're just taking the time, uh, whether it's today or you're joining us later, just to, to slow down with us, to connect, and to just take the time to learn with us, to learn together, and to listen for how God is speaking to us as we head into 2022, into this new year. And now I know it goes without saying that uh, this latest wave of this COVID pandemic has been really disorienting for all of us as we head into this year. And as Pastor Dom mentioned, that's particularly true in Quebec, where we're adapting again to just rising cases and new restrictions and just doing our best to be safe and to protect each other and to navigate that. And I don't know about you, but for me, uh, you know, because of this feeling of disorientation, I f- it feels like on one hand, everything is changing, but at the same time, like nothing has changed. I even think of just connecting for the first time online again this week compared to last week and how uh, this is kind of where we were at last year as well. And uh, just a couple of days ago, my wife received a text from a friend, actually it was yesterday, that I thought really summed up what many of us are feeling at this time. And this is what the text said uh, to Jasmine. It said, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's. May God bless you in 2023. Now, I don't know if it was a typo that they wrote 2023 instead of 2022, but I can't really say for sure. And I think this text really captures, you know, for many of us, this feeling as we head into this year of the kind of questions maybe that we're wondering about. Things like, what am I supposed to do now with my time? Or what does it look like to prepare and to plan ahead when so many things feel uncertain? Or is it even worth looking ahead to this year at all? But as a church, we're still committed at this time to worshiping together and to learning and uh, to really living still in the Christmas story and to being shaped by Jesus' birth. And as we head into this next year, we're still committed to being shaped by what it means that Jesus is with us now, that he's leading us forward and calling us to be faithful to him. And one of the things that we're really called to take seriously as we follow Jesus and learn from the scriptures and as we prepare for this next year together is to take seriously this idea of dedication. What comes to mind for you when you think of the word dedication? What it means to be dedicated to something? Maybe it brings to mind the kinds of things that you can really be dedicated to or that you wish you were dedicated to more, things like a career or a hobby Or maybe it brings to mind for you somebody you know in your life who really models what it means to be dedicated. Whether it's a friend or a family member or somebody who's a a committed doctor or artist or athlete or someone who's just really dedicated to their family. As I think of this idea of what it means to be dedicated, one thing that comes to mind for me is a time when I really failed to be dedicated to something that was important to me at the time, which was my first car. Uh, when I was a young adult in my early 20s, you'll see, you'll see the car uh, there. Um, 
I was going to school in Toronto and I was commuting a fair distance at the time. It was difficult taking public transit and so I, with what little money I had, I saved up and, and I bought this car from a classmate and you can see in the picture they can kind of souped it up. I didn't really care about that but I got this car because it was a good deal and uh, I knew he'd treated it fairly well. And so I had it for a few years. And one day when I was driving into school, I was commuting along the, the highway, the 401. And uh, as I'm going, I just heard this clicking sound. And as I'm driving along, this, the speed in the speedometer just slowly dropped. And so I pulled to the side of the road. And uh, as I came to a stop and the car was dead, I realized in that moment that I couldn't remember the last time I had gotten an oil change. And so as the car was towed away and it was brought to a mechanic, uh, sure enough, he, he told me that the engine had totally seized up and because of that, it wasn't worth repairing. Because I had ignored just this basic way of being dedicated to my first car, I lost it completely. You know, one of the things for us that makes dedication so hard, it often involves things that are easy to ignore or to forget about that are easy to just put off until later. And sometimes it's not until a moment of crisis or even years later that we're forced to come to terms with something that we've neglected. And because this idea of neglect, dedication often involves this kind of care and attention that can be easy for us to ignore, it can be hard for us as well to, to know what kind of things to dedicate ourselves to in the first place and how to prioritize dedicating ourselves to the right kinds of things. And in the Bible, there's a story that I want us to look at that comes right after the Christmas story in Luke's gospel. And it involves this moment that has a lot of wisdom to teach us about what it means to be dedicated to the right things and to take dedication seriously in a way that honors God. It's a moment that comes soon after Jesus is born when Mary and Joseph travel to Jerusalem to dedicate Jesus to the Lord. This is what it says. It says, then it was time for their purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, is a boy he must be dedicated to the Lord. So in this passage that Luke shares, Luke, the gospel writer, is telling us that not long after Jesus is born and not long after all the events that we looked at that took place leading up to Christmas, and leading up to Jesus' birth, not long after this, Mary and Joseph must now head to the temple in Jerusalem to dedicate Jesus to the Lord. And scholars know that as part of this Jewish custom, this kind of dedication would have happened just 40 days after Mary had given birth to Jesus. So after everything Mary and Joseph have been through that we looked at in the weeks past, uh, in spite of even maybe how Mary's body is feeling at the time, they now have to travel to Jerusalem to commit as parents to get, dedicating Jesus' whole life to God and to commit to raising him to serve the Lord. You know, I don't know about you, when I read this, this seems like such a weird idea to me. And part of what makes this, I think, a weird idea is that there's really nothing like this in our culture today. And as people who are shaped by such a kind of a, a culture of consumerism, the kinds of commitments that we usually make are the ones that often give us clear and immediate results, or the ones that are, have some kind of initial benefit to us, or that at least have some kind of expiry date that we can opt out of later. One example of this in our world today is when we think of membership renewals. I know that this year, when I look at my inbox, 
I know I'll be bombarded with all kinds of emails from different companies asking me to renew my subscriptions or my memberships with them. Whether it's things like a company like CAA or Disney Plus or Amazon Prime or whatever else it is. And while it can be overwhelming for us at times to decide what to renew and what to commit to, the easy thing about all these kinds of commitments or memberships is that they can always be evaluated based on two things. What results have they given me lately? And how much longer do I have to commit to that for? Everything will be evaluated by how it will benefit me, and when I decide it's not worth keeping anymore, I'll just opt out. Because we're shaped so much by these values and these kinds of commitments, it's easy for us, too, to then apply this criteria to other commitments in our lives. Things like our jobs, or how we read the Bible, or how we look at church, or even our other relationships. But the kind of dedication that Mary and Joseph model here for us as they dedicate Jesus is much different. It's the kind of dedication that's not just for a month or for a year, but for a lifetime. It's a commitment that involves their time and their resources and a kind of dedication that even when there's no immediate results or even when there's no immediate benefit or obvious benefit for them, even though there's no expiry date or no no option to opt out later, they're still dedicated. As you consider this year ahead, this next year, what would it look like for you to make this kind of dedication? What would it mean to look beyond the kinds of commitments that only yield those immediate results or that are only for your benefit for this coming year? What would it look like to choose to dedicate your time and your resources towards something that you may only see come to fruition months or years from now? Maybe as you think about this, it's helpful as well to distinguish between uh, the idea of a New Year's resolution with the idea of a bigger kind of dedication. Now, before you kind of, you get upset or, you know, you, you think about this idea of New Year's resolutions, I should point out that a New Year's resolution isn't a bad thing. And, you know, I usually make one or two myself each year. But when we think of a New Year's resolution, usually for us it involves something we'll commit to just for the next year at the most. And it's usually something that we, we pick that's, and we evaluate best, based on whether we see immediate results. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with this kind of commitment or making a New Year's resolution that focuses on exercise or reading more or whatever else it is. But the kind of dedication that God calls us to is much bigger than that. It means a commitment to the kinds of spiritual things that will impact the rest of our lives. And not only that, but it means a commitment to the kinds of things that aren't necessarily for our benefit, but for the sake of blessing others. What would that kind of commitment look like for you this year? One of the ways that we try to take the wisdom of this story in Luke seriously at the 180 is by practicing child dedications. Maybe you were here just a couple months ago when we had our last child dedication. And on that day, we talked about this practice of dedicating our children to the Lord, where the parents commit along with the church family to recognize that our kids are a gift from God and to commit to raising our children in a way that honors God. But as we think about this passage, it's important to realize as well that it's not just for parents or those with, it's not just for children. You know, when I was single, I would often skip over this story in the Bible because I never thought it really had any meaning for me. 
But the wisdom of the story doesn't just apply to parents or children. It goes much deeper than that. It's about a dedication to the kinds of spiritual things that will impact all areas of our lives. Maybe for you, this year, 2022, will be the year that you really consider taking the step of getting baptized as a symbol of saying yes to following Jesus for the rest of your life. Maybe it's time to consider becoming a ministry partner to allow God to use your gifts in new ways and to serve in ways you didn't expect. Maybe it's, it's this year's the, the year that you will join uh, serving with the youth team or, or, or joining our prayer team and learning to use your gifts to pray for others. Or maybe it's the first time you'll, you'll take the Bible really seriously and for the first time join one of our Bible studies or our upcoming learning series. Or maybe it's just taking the time to slow down to pray more, to set a time, a bit of quiet time, each week or each day to slow down and to listen to how God is speaking and guiding you. As we look at Mary and Joseph's dedication to Jesus at the temple, not only do they model for us the, kind, the dedication to the kinds of things that really matter to God and that are for the long term, but they also teach us the kind of dedication that involves learning to sacrifice in ways that honor God. This is what Luke says that they do next once they arrive at the temple. This is what it says. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now part of the Jewish custom at the time is that Mary and Joseph will be required to make this special kind of animal sacrifice as part of their dedication to Jesus. And uh, while these kinds of animal sacrifices obviously look much different than the kinds of sacrifices that we're called to make today, we all know from experience that dedication to something important always involves sacrifice. But because we're not familiar with these these customs, it's easy for us to miss something that Luke, Luke wants us to pick up here in this story, which is that the sacrifice that Mary and Joseph offer in the temple feels like it's only second best. See, Luke here is quoting this Jewish law in the Old Testament that explains that the kind of sacrifice that's meant for this particular dedication ceremony. And it comes from the book of Leviticus, Uh, And Mary and Joseph would have been very familiar with this and explains how this sacrifice for this dedication is supposed to go. Here's what it says. It says, If a woman cannot afford to bring a lamb, she must bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons. In other words, the lamb was the best option if you had it. Otherwise, two turtle doves or pigeons were only second best. Can you imagine being Mary or Joseph in that moment? To know as they're traveling to Jerusalem to dedicate God's own son to him. That they have to bring with them two turtle doves and two pigeons because they're too poor to be able to afford a lamb. How would you feel if you were in their shoes? I know that if I was there, I would feel embarrassed. In fact, I'd probably feel so embarrassed that I wouldn't want to go to the temple at all. I would have felt like my sacrifice wasn't good enough. And imagine how easy it would have been for Mary or for Joseph in that moment to come come up with all kinds of excuses for why it would have just been better if they just stayed home. To wait until they had enough money maybe to afford a lamb and then to go. Or to argue that they'd just been on the run these past few months and had to give birth to Jesus in a stable and they're far from home. Or couldn't they just have waited until things had settled down a bit and their lives were more in order? It's easy for us to imagine Mary and Joseph must be feeling in this moment because you and I are so prone as well to make 
these kinds of excuses when we're faced with a decision to sacrifice for the things that God is calling us to dedicate to. It's easy to, for us to make the excuse that because I don't have it all together I, and I, I need to wait until I have my life more in order or I need to wait until the circumstances are better or that I just need to wait until the timing feels right, to wait one more month or one more year or to say that if I only had more time or more resources, then I'd be able to dedicate or if I had a better understanding of my own gifts or talents and I was more sure how God was going to use them. Or if I only understood the Bible more, then I could begin to pass on the faith to my children. Or if only my life was more quieter and I had more time this next month, then I could commit to slowing down and to praying more. It's so easy for you and for me to make these kinds of excuses that if only if everything was lined up just right, then I would be ready to sacrifice for the things that really matter. As Mary and Joseph prepare to dedicate Jesus by offering the sacrifice at the temple, it would be so easy for them to make these same excuses. And yet they model for us what it looks like to trust God by sacrificing from exactly where they're at and with what they have. They model what it means to trust God that, and that God wants us to come exactly as our, we are, with our own gifts and our own resources and talents and time that God has already given us, and to trust that as we sacrifice and we dedicate our lives to the right things, that God will use them in ways that go far beyond our imaginations or far beyond anything that we could accomplish ourselves. What would it look like for you this year to commit to trusting God with what he's already given you? to look past those excuses or the uncertainty of what's ahead, to avoid comparing yourself to others or what they have, to wish that you had more or that you were further along, and to just come to God exactly as you are with what you have, to begin to sacrifice those things and to allow that to be the starting point, maybe of God doing something new in and through you that's far beyond what you could expect. As Mary and Joseph commit to their own sacrifice to God as part of this dedication and trusting in him, they then meet a man named Simeon. And Simeon is going to quickly model for them what it looks like to spend a lifetime of being dedicated to the right things. Here's what Luke says about Simeon. It says, At that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So before Mary and Joseph meet Simeon, Luke tells us that Simeon is righteous and devout and that God has promised him that he won't die until he sees the Messiah, that he won't die until he sees the one that God has promised will bring peace and restoration back to his people. And at this moment, where Simeon is finally going to meet Jesus, uh, he, scholars agree that, that Simeon at this point is likely very old and that he's nearing the end of his life. And all these years, he's just been waiting for God's promise to be fulfilled before he dies. Now, I don't know about you, but I couldn't imagine being called to wait as Simeon had to wait. Some mornings, I can hardly wait for my coffee to finish brewing in the morning when I get up. And yet Luke tells us that Simeon has not only been waiting, but he's been waiting eagerly that he's been waiting, and while he's been waiting, he's also been dedicated to God's ways and God's purposes in his life. Simeon, for us, is, is symbolic of a whole life that is dedicated to God. 
And while the way God calls each of us to be dedicated won't look the same as it is for Simeon, he models for us what it means to be dedicated to God even when he doesn't know when or how God will fulfill his promises to him. And it's because Simeon has been so dedicated to God that out of this, when he sees Mary and Joseph and when he sees the baby Jesus, he recognizes right away that Jesus is in fact the Messiah, the chosen one that they've been waiting for. This is what happens next. It says, that day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. This prayer and this blessing that Simeon prays over Jesus will become a prayer that Luke records in his gospel and that will be used for churches over centuries to speak of who Jesus is and what he came to do to bring salvation and to reveal God to the world. And Simeon becomes the one who is ready and able to pray this prayer and this blessing over Jesus because God has prepared him through a life of dedication. Because of his dedication to worshiping in the temple and to praying and to reading the scriptures and the words that all the prophets and songs point to the Messiah, he immediately recognizes who Jesus is as the one who will bring salvation. And there's a psalm in the Bible that really captures this wisdom of Simeon and how that's grown in him. That no doubt Simeon would have sung and prayed over many times as he waited on God's promises. And this is what it says. It's from Psalm 90. It says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. We need this kind of wisdom today in our lives this year. To be people who keep our lives in perspective. To realize that our days are numbered, that our days are limited, and to consider what will really matter at the end of our lives. You know, one of the best practices that you and I can do as we step into this year is to imagine and to reflect on the end of our lives. If you can imagine the final days or the final years of your life, what will be the things that you wished you dedicated more of your time to? What will be the values and the things that will be most important to you at the end of your life? Will it be success in your career or the kind of financial freedom that allows you to buy anything or go wherever, go wherever you want? Will it be a certain way of being seen and respected by others? Or to have finally been able to prove others wrong? Or will it be something bigger than that? As we move on from Christmas and into the new year, we each have the opportunity this year to number our days. To reflect and to dedicate ourselves to the things that are really going to matter at the end of our lives. And because of Simeon's dedication in this story, he gains this heart of wisdom. He gains an eternal perspective on the things that matter most to God. And because of that, he's able to share this vision of how Jesus is going to usher in God's kingdom. As we consider the wisdom of Simeon, maybe this year, more than ever, we need to be reminded that dedication goes beyond what will benefit us in the short term. 
that this kind of dedication Jesus calls us to may be preparing us for something that we may only realize or experience years from now. So Simeon, in this story, prays this blessing over Jesus, but he doesn't stop there. And as we begin to wrap up this morning, what Simeon says next that I want us to look at, what he says to Mary, is totally unexpected. This is what he says. It says, Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Wow. What a way to end this blessing that Simeon's giving for this family. Try quoting those words the next time somebody wishes you a happy new year to them. See what they would say. It feels like in this moment that, that as we read these words that Simeon is moving from offering a blessing to something that feels something else entirely. But while these words that Simeon says really catch us off guard, Simeon is saying here that he doesn't want us to miss what it is that Jesus is about and what he came to do, which is that as, as Jesus reveals God and his purposes and his ways to us, at the same time, he also shows us that some of the things that we've been dedicated to, that we've dedicated our hearts to, are the wrong kinds of things. Part of welcoming Jesus into your life means that he's going to show you the things that you've dedicated your heart to that are counter to God's purposes and to God's ways. This is such an important principle in the Bible that the prophets and the writers will, in the Old Testament will warn us about. That the things we dedicate our lives to always shape the condition of our hearts. That while there are many things in life that are good gifts that we're meant to enjoy and to pursue, when they begin to take the place of God and the things that he's calling us to in our lives, they will shape our hearts in ways that can draw us away from him. And Jesus, who is the only one who can transform our hearts, invites us to start this year by getting honest about the things that have gotten in the way of worshiping God and have shaped our hearts in the wrong ways. As you think of this past year, or even maybe this, these past couple weeks, what has that revealed to you about the condition of your heart and the kinds of things that you've been dedicated to? You know, one of the things that this COVID pandemic has really done in each of our lives, it has forced us to come to term with what's going inside of our hearts when the things that we've dedicated so much time and energy and resources to are taken away from us. Whether that's a sport or a job, or a special project, or some other thing we've been saving up for. As you consider the kinds of things you've dedicated yourself to, what would rise to the surface, or what has risen to the surface, if those are taken away? What would it reveal about your heart? As I think of this idea and I reflect on my own life, I think of a season in my life when, as a young adult, I was dedicated to all the wrong things. I was dedicated to this vision of a certain kind of success or making money uh, or, being, or being comfortable, as comfortable as possible. And it really took Jesus getting seriously about what it meant to follow Jesus. And as I began to do that and, and learned about his good news, at the same time, Jesus gently confronted me about the things in my heart, the things that I had dedicated my life to that were drawing me away from him. 
And as I began to, to get serious about those things and to get, dedicate my life to him, it wasn't until years later that I realized he was calling me to become a pastor. And years after that, that he was calling me to join the 180 and to serve here in ways that I never expected. But I realize as I look back that part of learning about the good news of Jesus and part of realizing his call that he had for me was that I had to surrender those things that I had dedicated that didn't align with him. That it took doing that for me to, re to recognize his good news and his call on my life and, the, and the, his purposes and his plans for me. As, I wrap, as we wrap up this morning, and as you consider and reflect on what dedication looks like for you this year, I want to end by looking at these words from Jesus after he starts his ministry. This is what it says. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus wants to teach us that as we commit to turning from the things that draw us away from him, and as we dedicate our hearts to God's ways, all the other parts of our lives will begin to fall into place. Not that our lives will get any easier, but that these different areas of our lives will begin to line more with God's purposes and God's plans for us. That we'll begin to see how the things we've dedicated ourselves to, like our, our resources we have, like our job or our home or our gifts, how now God is wanting to use them for his kingdom and for his glory and for his purposes. You know, as I reflect this year on my first really year and a half at the 180, I'm so thankful for so many of you who are committed to being dedicated to the right things, to how you're allowing God to use you to pour into the next generation and to bless our community and our city in different ways, to grow in hearts of wisdom and to deepen in your trust of Jesus. And next week, as we look ahead, next week we'll be starting this new series called Jesus Rediscovered, where we will be exploring and rediscovering who Jesus is and what it means to follow him. But before we get there, this week, would you take the time to reflect on the things that Jesus is asking you to get it, dedicate to this year? The things that will shape your heart in new ways and what it means to surrender the things that have moved you in the wrong direction. Would you consider what it would look like to trust God in the ways that Mary and Joseph and the ways that Simeon model for us? To dedicate your life to the things that are bigger than just what could benefit you this year or in the short term. To trust that as you sacrifice the things that God has already given you, the gifts that he's already given, to be ready where you're at, that God will use that for something much bigger. As Jesus invites us to follow him in 2022, let's begin by taking seriously what it looks like to dedicate our hearts and our lives to worshiping him. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you that you are with us now and that you have good news for us in 2022. And that because of that, you are calling us, each of us, to examine our hearts, to pay attention to the areas of our lives, the things that we have dedicated that are not the things of God. To, to, to help us to trust you, to surrender those things. And would you give us a picture as we, as we dedicate to the things that matter to you, give us a picture of your kingdom, of your purposes and of your ways and of your plans for us. 
Would you give us a picture of just the, the peace and the joy that you want to give us as we dedicate our lives to you? God, as we think of our own lives and our families and even our church community, would you shape us and grow us in wisdom to know how, what it means to focus on the, on the right things, to trust that even if we don't see it now, even if it takes months or years, God, that you would use those things to further your kingdom, that you would use those to bless others, to experience your goodness in our lives. God, as we go from here, would you bless us and would you help us to just pay attention, to consider and to reflect this year on the things that really matter to you as we head into this year. Pray this all in your name, Jesus. Hey, thanks so much, everyone, for joining with us and for just taking the time to slow down and to learn from us, with us. Uh, Again, next week, we'll be starting our new series, Jesus Rediscovered. Uh, Take the time this week to just slow down and to pray and to consider the things we talked about. Would you also just make sure to just check uh, social media, check our website for any updates for this coming week. We'll see you next week. We'll join join together online. See you next week.